Well, if you have your Bibles, open them up to John chapter 10. John chapter 10. I have a message that I think is really going to be a blessing to everyone here. Visitors, we want to welcome you all today. Thanks for jumping in the flow of Living Waters Chapel. Amen. Hallelujah. John chapter 10. Let's look at verses 1 through 10. And it says, Jesus is speaking this. He said, most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them. And the sheep follow him, for they, underline it, know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus used this illustration, but they did not understand the things which he spoke to them. Then Jesus said to them again. See, I love how Jesus doesn't give up. He keeps trying to drive that point home. Amen? Most assuredly, I say, say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who ever came before me and are, the, are thieves and robber, robbers. But the sheep did not hear them. I am, that, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. Verse 10, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Hallelujah. Now, let me just say this. I put a, a status on Facebook this week. I said these words. I said, the gospel message is simple. You know that? The gospel message is simple. It's easy for you to get saved. It's simple. Say simple. Simple. But the kingdom of God is a bit more complicated. If you're going to learn about the kingdom of God, you need to be taught. You need to be uh, taught some things about the kingdom of God. Once you become saved, right? That's the difference between just being a believer and being a disciple. A disciple wants to go deeper. Teach me about the kingdom of God. A believer just... eh, just get saved. That's good enough for me. That's it. I don't want to. Are you following me? Boy, it is mighty quiet up in here today. Do y'all get tired out by that praise and worship or what? Come on. Now, today I want to talk about a very important topic in the life of a Christian. We must have a knowledge of this topic or else we will fall along the wayside in this evil world system. I want to talk about the characteristics of the voice of God. I want to talk about the voice of God. I want to talk about specifically discerning the voice of God. How many of you know we need the voice of God? We need to hear. We need to understand. We need to recognize the voice of God or else you're going to follow another voice and be led astray. Amen? Now listen to this. The definition of the word discern means this. To perceive or to recognize, to perceive or to recognize. The, the definition of the word perceive, let's take it a little deeper, 
means this, to become aware of or conscious of, of something, or to realize or understand. So perceive goes a little bit deeper. Amen? I want to share with you some characteristics about the voice of God that will help you tune in. Say tune in. And know if something is from God or from the enemy or not from him. I'm telling you, you got to tune in today. Amen? The people that are employed, I've said this before, the people that are employed to spot counterfeit money, do you know how they're trained? They're trained by learning the real thing. They don't study the false thing because false, listen, thank you, Holy Ghost, false can come in so many different forms. But when you study the truth, when you know the truth, when the false comes, you can say, that's bogus. Come on, somebody. So they learn every detail about the real thing. So when the fake or the counterfeit bill comes along, they see the difference immediately. And how many of you know, have you figured this out yet? If you got breath in your lungs, you have. There are so many voices coming at us on this earth every day. Amen. We need to know what is from God and what is not from him as Christians. I'm talking to Christians today. I'm not talking to the unbeliever. I'm talking to you, the Christian. Amen. Amen. These characteristics I'm going to share with you today are for when you hear his voice personally on the inside or when God is speaking to you through someone else. You know, when, when someone gives a word of prophecy or a prophetic word or advice that's from the Lord, you want to know what we call that? It's called this, hearing his voice within a voice. Hearing his voice within a voice. Just because someone says they have a prophetic word from from God doesn't mean it's so. Amen? Just like if someone calls themselves a Christian doesn't mean they're a Christian. Come on, somebody. Amen? So are you ready to jump into this topic about discerning the voice of God? Number one, you need to know that the voice of God is discernible. It should not be a guessing game for the Christian. I hear too many Christians, it's always a guessing game. Well, God said this, God said this, but I don't know. I think it was him. Was it him? Was it him? They're in a tornado. No, his voice is discernible. And you should know his voice. Look at John 10, 25. John 10, uh, verse 25 through 30. Let's look at this. It shouldn't be a guessing game for the Christian. Jesus answered them, I told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. But you do not believe because you are not of my sheep. As I said to you, my sheep, underline it, hear my voice. And underline it, I know them. And they follow me. And I give them eternal life. And they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. All right, here we go. Oh. Mm. Jesus said his sheep. Say his sheep. 
hear his hear and know his voice and he knows them a lot of times we leave out the part and he knows them it's interesting in the last days on judgment day that some are going to come to jesus and they're going to say lord lord and he's going to say i never knew you they knew him but he didn't know them are you following me come on somebody Many Christians are so afraid that they're not going to hear the voice of God, that they're going to miss his instructions for the will of God for their life. Anybody in here want to admit that? You're afraid you're going to miss God. Oh, you bunch of liars. The Holy Spirit spoke this to me. The reason Jesus said his sheep hear and know his voice is because there's a connection. There's a relationship. There is a friendship between them. There is, and he went on to say this, there is a focus on Jesus within his followers or disciples. Disciple means a disciplined one or a learner. That's why I said someone who wants to go beyond just the salvation experience is a disciple. If you have a desire right now to learn more about the Lord, you have a desire to be a disciple, to go beyond that believer, just that, that, that skin-deep service. You want to know, come on, the heart of God. Amen. You want to know about the kingdom of God. Amen? There is a desire. There is an interest. There is, you could say it this way, there's an effort being made by a true Christian, a disciple to please the Lord in their life. Ask, seek, knock. Say that with me. Ask, seek, knock. They, a disciple will do this. They will ask and they will seek and they will knock. But here's the thing. Ready? You know what we're horrible at as Christians? We ask, seek, and knock. And then we walk away and don't even pay attention to God. Can you imagine? Just walking up to someone's door. Can you imagine someone just going through a neighborhood and then just walking away? What's the point? If you're ask, seek, and knocking, you need to expect an answer. That's what the Holy Ghost said. A disciple expects an answer. Now, someone who's just a believer, they probably won't even ask, seek, or knock. Because they're lazy. Are you following me? The key to not missing the voice of God is you and I keeping Him and His Word in our thought life. There must be, he said it this way, there must be an awareness. There must be a being on guard, a readiness to hear his voice. When you ask, seek, and knock, you need to expect an answer. Are you following me? If you're going to hear from and discern the voice of God, you first need to, uh, to know and be aware this, this point right here. That God desires to communicate with you. Many times our prayer is just a bunch of trash. Why? Here's why. Because it's a monologue. You know what a monologue is? When you're doing all the talking and you don't give someone else the, the opportunity to speak back. Isn't that hard? You ever have that? You ever have someone just, they're a boy, they're rolling and you're like... Really? Come on. We all know them. Amen. (laughs) You will not hear. 
You will not know. You will not be in tune. You will not find that which you are not looking for. That which you are not focused on. Someone did, we were, I was watching a video the other day, and someone put a painting on a, the screen on YouTube. And it was a painting with a whole bunch of different things. And the person said, now I want you to focus on blah, blah, blah. And so we, I looked, looked for that thing on that, you know. And all of a sudden, yeah, I saw that. And then the person said, I bet you didn't see this other thing. I didn't because I was focused on one thing. Here's the point. When you focus and have an awareness, when you have an expectation, you'll find it. When you focus on hearing the voice of God, you'll hear him. Are you following me? There must be an awareness. There must be a consciousness on the inside of you. There must be a desire to know his voice, to hear his voice, or to get a response from him. There must be. Now, the voice of God can come in a couple different ways. Are you ready for this? The voice of God can come in a verbal way. All right? Now, when I say verbal, I'm talking about that still small voice on the inside. All right? And number two, it can come in nonverbal ways. And that's where he, you, he will speak to you through your thoughts. He'll give you a picture in your imagination. Are you following me? So there's verbal ways and nonverbal ways. A lot of times we miss it because we're only looking for that verbal way. When God's flowing pictures through your thought life, through your mind, and you thought it was that horrible Pizza Hut pizza last night. Here's why. Because you're not looking for it. Are you following me? Because you're only, you're focused on one thing. I got to hear something. I got to hear something on the inside. And God says, I'm trying to show you something. Come on, somebody. I'm telling you, someone's going to get a breakthrough from this. This is the Holy Ghost speaking today. The blockage for many is this. Christians I'm talking about. I'm not talking about the unbeliever now. Remember, a church service, by the way, is a gathering of believers. Now, you might have some unbelievers come in, but primarily a church service is for believers. You following me? So I'm teaching believers today. Amen? The blockage for many is this. Their unrenewed mind and distractions. That song we sang about distractions. Remember that? If you are convinced in your mind, in your thought life, that God doesn't want to communicate with you, it will cause you to not be focused on. It will cause you not to be aware of his voice, and it shuts him out. Distractions will cause you to take your focus off of him and spiritual things and begin focusing on fleshly things, on the natural realm. That's what the enemy is trying to do. He's trying to just shift your focus enough that you'll not hear from the Holy Spirit. Because he's afraid. I'm telling you right now, the devil is afraid of you being led by the Holy Spirit. I find it interesting within that passage in John 10, 1 through 10, the first passage we we read, where Jesus is talking about hearing and knowing his voice, right? And then in verse 10, he goes on and he makes a distinction between Satan's work and God's work. That the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come, Jesus said, I have come to give life and to give it more abundantly. Now listen to me. 
The point that Jesus is trying to make that the Holy Spirit illuminated to me in this study is this. The ability to hear and to know his voice is the difference between allowing the enemy to steal, kill, and destroy you or you flowing in the abundant life that Jesus gave you. Did you ever make that distinction before? It's in the same chapter. Now, you've got to know something. Chapter and verse were put in by man. Really, God gave the Word of God without chapter and verse. So it's a flow. I said it's a flow. So Jesus said, I, you know, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come to give life and give it more abundantly. And it's tied within the flow of hearing and knowing His voice. You and I must have an intimate and close walk with the Holy Spirit on this earth. That is what our abundant life, or as Jesus said, I love it, more than abundant life hinges on. I said it hinges on hearing and knowing the voice of God in your life. Amen? Amen? So when we get our focus on the wrong things, now our flesh overpowers our born-again spirit and it closes our spiritual ears. It closes our spiritual eyes. There must be a desire. I can't say it enough. There must be, number one, a desire to hear from God. So this is the importance of meditating on the Word of God. Say meditate, meditating. So meditating on the Word of God. Meditating on spiritual topics from the Word of God. It keeps your spirit man above the flesh. I just heard a pin drop. It keeps you in a spiritual mindset. It keeps your spiritual senses open and activated. Say activated. I like that word activated. Amen. It keeps us spiritually in tune. With the kingdom of God. So here's the deal. Biblical meditation means this. That you are really focusing, focusing on a uh, specific topic and breaking it down in your thought life. And then you're breaking it down so much that you begin to speak it out of your mouth. Okay? So what digestion is to your physical body, meditation is to your spirit and soul. Are you following me? See, the Word of God is the meat. It's the meat of the Word. You need to meditate on it to break down and get nutrients from it. Come on. That wasn't even in my notes, people. That's free of charge from the Holy Ghost. Now, when Peter received a vision in Acts, it says that he was thinking about the vision. He was meditating on it. He was thinking about the vision that, that the Lord gave him. And guess what? He was thinking on the vision, and then it says, the Holy Ghost spoke and gave him clarity on the next step. Gave him clarity about that vision. Are you following me? Why? Because Peter was focused on spiritual things and was asking, seeking, and knocking for more understanding. And he just wasn't doing that. He was desiring it. He was expecting an answer back. He was expecting a response. And many of us, like I said, many, we don't even, (laughs) we get so wrapped up in our our world, right? We get wrapped up with all of our junk and we ask and then we we forget. And And then we fall into a pit and then we're like, God, why didn't you answer me? I tried. You weren't listening. You shut me out. Amen. Now, 
Here we go. Let's say, go a little bit deeper. Okay, I'm going to do that right now. Listen to this. There is a difference between hearing a voice or hearing a sound and discerning a voice and discerning a sound or perceiving. If you're not focused, you may hear a sound, but you will not discern or understand the words that someone is speaking to you. You ever do that? Because you weren't focused, right? You're, you're, you're doing something else. Your, your spouse says something to you, and all you heard was the Charlie Brown chatter. You heard a sound, but you didn't hear. You didn't listen. You didn't discern it. Are you following me? Listen to this. That's why we ask people, and I'm very good at this, aren't I, Marianne? That's why we ask people to repeat what they said. I'm exposing myself today. Hi, my name is James, and I don't pay attention to my wife at times. Right? Now, hey, listen. All men, thank you. That makes me feel better. All right, listen. That's why we ask people to repeat something so you can really focus on and understand so you can process what they said. Are you following me? Jesus said his sheep know his voice. And there are several reasons for this. First of all, if you are his sheep, his disciple, you will make an effort to know the word of God. Right? We'll talk more about that later. But that's very basic uh, Christianity 101, all right? The first thing that happened to me when I got born again. How do you know if you got born again? How do you know if your life was changed? You'll get a hunger to know the word. I, I, I laid on that couch. When I first got born again, I went home and I, I read on that couch probably for five hours straight. I couldn't get enough of it. If there's no hunger for the word, I question if anyone's even born again when they first make Jesus Lord of their life because there should be a shift. Everyone just got real worried looking on that one. <laughs> Check yourself before you wreck yourself, right? It's from the 90s. Now, um, so that's very basic Christianity 101. So we need to know, we need to read, know what the Bible says to discern his voice. Here we go. But I think there's another reason why many Christians, uh, there's another reason that many Christians don't think about in connection to this. You know, a lot of times they just, oh, know and hear his voice. Okay, it's in line with the word. Okay, yeah, we get that. That's number one. That's Christianity 101. Now I want to take you deeper. Are you ready? When you got born again, you became spiritually alive unto God. Do you know that? And because of that, you are now a new creation. You are, have a new, let's say it this way, spiritual connection. There is another voice that's coming into your life now. Other than the flesh, other than the demonic spirits that are trying to take you out of the will of God now, that are trying to destroy you. Are you following me? Before you got saved, there was no distinction in the voices because you were spiritually dead and a slave, I said a slave, to sin. You were a slave to the devil. You were a slave to the fleshly nature. You following me? So understand this now. Words are spiritual. 
I, I talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Words are spiritual. Words are containers. In fact, the word communication means there's an impartation taking place through your spiritual, through your words, through your spoken words. There is an impartation with spoken words. Spoken words. I'm going to go deeper. Are you ready? I'm going to get into some science. True science. Not this junk hogwash new age science. Are you following me? I'm talking about... So spoken words, what are spoken words? Let's break this down. Spoken words are a vibration. Are you following me? Spoken words that come out of your mouth, they are a vibration with a frequency. Say frequency. Now that's science. That's not new age. That's just science. Are you following me? When we think of that scientific fact, immediately we only think about verbally spoken words through our physical vocal cords. Are you following me? Uh, the words are, are come from the vocal cords. They're, sh- they're formed by the rudder of the tongue and out of our mouth, right? But we also need to know this. Do you know that God is a spirit? Right? Thank you, you two. Okay, here we go. Jesus, we know this though, Jesus became flesh, God became flesh and dwelt among us over 2,000 years ago, right? But he's in heaven right now. God the Father, God the Holy Spirit, he is, God is a spirit. And they, they do not have a physical or fleshly body. Are you following me? Am I getting too deep here? You're back in high school class here. Come on now. So... They do not have a physical, fleshly body. They have a spiritual body. So we know then that spoken words are not limited to the natural realm. We know that words can be spoken from a spiritual body. Well, how do you know that? Well, I know that because God created everything with his what? Spoken word. He did not have a physical body. And there are many examples in the Word of God of spiritual beings, you know, angels, demons, and that they have the ability to speak from a spiritual body. There's many examples of that in the Word. Amen? And they have spiritual eyes, they have spiritual ears, and so on. They have a spiritual body, okay? Now, spiritual beings are neither male nor female, so you can take that part out. Okay, you following me? But God created everything by his spoken word, and that's why everything in creation, science even tells us this, everything in creation has a vibration. It has a frequency because God spoke his word, and it's vibrating ever since. Are you following me? That is why you want some more word? Sure. That's why Jesus said, if you and I won't praise him, even the rocks will cry out above our silence. Why? Because they're vibrating. All of creation is praising God. Even NASA said that they hear a vibration or a humming. Listen, like a beautiful song from the planets, from the universe, from the stars. And that is true science confirming that God created everything by his spoken word. So what I'm trying to get you out of now, when you think of words, you're just thinking about vocal cords. You're thinking about, you know, you're thinking about the natural realm. Hey, 
Here's Pastor James again trying to pull you out of the natural. Let's get into the spiritual realm. So we know that spirit beings can speak words. God spoke creation into existence. And and that, that spoken word in the spiritual obviously has a vibration to it. In fact, guess what? The moment you leave your body, when you're spirit man, when you take your last breath and you go bye-bye, right? Guess what? There's no more spoken words coming through you. Why? Because your words are formed through your spirit man. Are you following me? You might not hear this from any pulpits, but you're hearing it from Living Waters Chapel. Because the Christians need to know and go deeper on these things. I don't whether you like it or not, I'm going to make you a disciple, all right? Either, here's what's going to happen. Either you're going to leave this church, or you're going to stay here and become a disciple. You have no choice. The point I'm trying to get across to you is that words are a spiritual force. Because uh, spiritual beings in the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness have the ability to speak. So words are not limited to humans in the flesh. We as humans, we have the unique ability, because we have an earth suit, a physical body, we have the ability where our spirit man can articulate words through a physical body, our earth suit, okay? So the word of God says that we are made in the image and likeness of God, We have the ability to speak. We have the ability to create and change circumstances with our thoughts and our words. Mark 11, Mark chapter 11, 20 through 24. I mean, it's all over the word of God, okay? So when a spiritual being in the kingdom of God or the kingdom of darkness speaks to us, listen to me, it comes in the form of a thought or a whisper on the inside. Spiritual beings speak to you. I'm talking about when the enemy comes against you. They speak to you the same way that God speaks to you. Are you following me? Listen to me. You will not hear it with your natural ears. Sometimes it can seem so loud on the inside. Sometimes, have you ever done this? You heard something so loud on the inside. You thought you heard something. You kind of turned and looked. You ever had that happen to you? Yeah, absolutely. You heard it loud on the inside. You didn't hear it with your physical ear. You heard it with your spiritual ears. Come on, somebody. When you have a a conversation, I'm trying to help you on how to know the voice of God and how, how the spirit realm tries to speak to you so you can discern God or discern the enemy. Amen? That's what I'm trying to do here. When you have a conversation with yourself on the inside, you're not verbally speaking it. It's on the inside. Did anybody have a conversation with yourself today where, where you're not speaking it out of your mouth, you're, you're thinking it, you're having a conversation. That's the same way that God will speak to you. That's the same way the enemy speaks to you. In fact, some of you, you've heard, you've heard on the inside before when the enemy tried to put, speak to you saying you're no good, where he's trying to bring up guilt and shame from your past. Are you following me? That's the enemy speaking to you. Some of you, some of you are, you didn't know that and you're thinking, why do I keep thinking thoughts about myself? You're not the enemies throwing them into you. Are you following me? All right. So that is how spiritual communication takes place. It's at the speed of thought. Spiritual communication is at the speed of thought. Your thoughts are spiritual communication. 
Oh, my, my, my. But, Pastor James, I just wanted to come and hear just a shallow message. I didn't want to go deeper. I'm trying to help you this morning. Your thoughts are spiritual communication. And if you will know that, you will, take hold, you will watch what you're thinking. You will be careful what you allow going through your thought life. Are you hearing me? Can God speak to you audibly? Sure, if he wants to, he can. Amen? But the majority of the time, it's going to be that still small voice on the inside. It's going to come as a thought. It's going to come as a vision in your imagination. Pay attention. Most of us, we we don't slow down enough to pay attention to what's going on, what kind of thoughts are flowing on the inside. Because we're too busy. We're too busy. Amen? Amen? Don't be looking for and expecting an audible, audible voice from God, okay? Many people will miss that still small voice on the inside if you do that. And, of course, God can speak to you through a prophetic word from a person, right? Go with me to 1 Corinthians 14.7. 1 Corinthians 14.7. I, I, I don't know about you, but I have this just des- deep desire... I want to know about the kingdom of God. I want to know, I want to know the pearls. I want, to, I want the, the pearls and diamonds of the kingdom of God to tap into the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Amen? I want to know everything that's available to me as a believer in Jesus Christ. I don't want to get to heaven one day and, and something happened and God says, you know, I gave you power over that thing and you didn't use it. You know, I tried... <laughs> I tried to teach you that through Pastor James's message, but you didn't listen. He was trying to spoon feed you and you spit it up. Right? Pay attention. Pay attention. 1 Corinthians 14, 7. The Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul says something very interesting in this verse here. Even things without life, whether flute or harp, when they make a sound, unless they make, underline it, a distinction in the sounds, how will it be known to what is piped or played? Listen, the Holy Spirit's trying to show us something deeper there. The distinction of sounds is the vibration, the frequency, or the spiritual impartation that's attached to that thing. Are you following me? Listen, sound, like I said, sound is a form of communication. And communication, don't ever forget it, carries some kind of an impartation into your life or into someone else's life. It's interesting that I got a note here that David played the harp for Saul. You remember this? He played the harp for Saul. And as David played that harp, as he was anointed by the Holy Spirit, as that sound, as that frequency was coming forth, attached with the anointing, an evil spirit left Saul. When David stopped playing, the evil spirit came back. Don't tell me that music doesn't have a spiritual impartation to it. Don't tell me. That music does not affect someone's soul. Come on, somebody. When David stopped playing, that thing returned. Now, 
Music for the Lord has an anointing or the presence of God, the presence of the Holy Spirit attached to it. You know, like when you send an email, you have an option for a, to send an attachment with it. Every, thank you, every word, every musical note has some kind of attachment with it. From the kingdom of God or the kingdom of darkness. Music for the Lord, it has that attachment. And it can change or shift the spiritual atmosphere and bring freedom and healing. Why do we do 45 minutes of praise and worship or longer? Because we're trying to shift the atmosphere. Because we bring in stuff that ought not be in our gathering. Come on, somebody. We're trying to flush that thing out. We're trying to shift the atmosphere. We're inviting the Holy Spirit. We're inviting the anointing of the Holy Ghost in here. Amen? Amen. The opposite is true. So if we know that music can have the anointing attached to it, we know then the opposite is true for demonic and satanic music. My point is this. Music has a vibration and it has a frequency. Everything has a vibration and a frequency attached to it that can positively or negatively affect us. Listen to this. The devil and the entire kingdom of darkness, they can't create anything. But what they do is they take what God created and they twist it. They pervert it. The devil's a pervert. They take, here's what they do. They take a spiritual law and they twist it to try to influence humans to use that spiritual law for evil. That's why you got good anointed music and you got music that is stirring up emotions in you that shouldn't be there. Are you following me? Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. In other words, like first, like, like the Holy Ghost or Apostle Paul would say, they hear a distinction. They hear a difference in his voice from all the other voices that are coming at them. You could say it this way. The distinction is a discernment of picking out his voice from all other voices that are speaking to you. Say distinction. There's a difference. All distinction means there's a difference. We as Christians, we need to... If you're not recognizing the difference, Houston, we have a problem. You're probably backslidden. You're, you're, probably, you're probably backslidden. If you can't hear and know the difference between the voice of God, the voice of the flesh, the voice of the world system, the voice of demons, Houston, we have a problem. Even the Pharisees noticed the difference in Jesus' voice during his earthly ministry. You remember that? They said, man, this Jesus... He doesn't speak like us. He doesn't do this watered-down thing. No, no. He speaks with authority. Come on. There's a distinction. There was a distinction between Jesus' voice and the voice of dead religion. Come on, somebody. They recognize the authority in his voice. The difference or distinction in his voice, uh, through Jesus' voice, the voice of God is this, the anointing of the Holy Spirit that's connected with it. That is why when his voice speaks either to to you on the inside or through a vision, through a thought, or through another person's voice, there's going to be an anointing attached to it. 
it's going to feel right on the inside. Are you following me? That is why the prophetic gift in action, it edifies, it builds up, it strengthens, it exhorts, it comforts people. Only the voice of God, only the Holy Spirit can truly cause that to happen in a person's life. Now, stick with me here. I'm almost done. The voice of the enemy then, if God's voice does that, then the opposite is true with the voice of the enemy. The, the enemy will come to steal, kill, and destroy. He will tear down. He will condemn. He will bring shame and stir up all these negative emotions on the inside of us. Have you figured that out yet? Why? Because there's a distinction, a difference in voices. When someone speaks to you, how does it make you feel? Now, here's the danger in that. A lot of times, if someone says something to you, that might be good, but you can take it as bad because your belief system is wrong. And it filters through your soul that's all messed up. Are you following me? Someone could try to correct you and point something out that's dangerous in your life. Hey, brother, sister, you need to stop doing this. You're on a bad road. And they take it as, everyone's always coming against me. When you're trying to snatch them out of that pit. So here's the deal. When words come to you, it first goes in your soul. It goes through that filter. Someone who has a rejection issue, they take that, it bobbles around in the blender a little, then it gets spit out. But if your soul's renewed, if your mind is renewed with the Word of God, you can hear it and take it to heart and change. Come on, somebody. As someone once said, make that change. Amen. Some of y'all got that. No, that's right. Listen. Um, so this is why that distinction in voices, say distinction, say difference. That difference, that distinction in voice. Someone can say something, something to you. If your mind's renewed with the word, your spiritual alarm goes off and says something is off. Something ain't right here. Are you following me? Something isn't right. That's discernment. We need discernment from the Holy Spirit. Now think about this. Think about this. As a born-again Christian, I'm going to take you deeper now, all right, as we finish this off. As a born-again Christian, a new creation in Christ, your spirit man is tuned in to righteousness. Your spirit man is tuned in to the kingdom of God. It is tuned in to heaven. In fact, you are a citizen of heaven on this earth. You're a citizen of heaven right here on this earth. Do you know that? You have citizenship and you have dual citizenship on earth and in heaven. Isn't that good? So you could say it this way. You have the frequency of heaven on the inside of the real you, your spirit man. And anything, here listen to this, and anything that tries to invade your life from the enemy, from the world, and from the world, from the enemy, your spirit man picks up immediately. And it gives you a check, what we call a check in the spirit, a lack of peace. Something feels off. Why? Because your spirit man's tuned into heaven. Your spirit, are you following me? So when something comes at you that's not in agreement with heaven, 
with the Word of God, with the will of God, something don't feel right. If you're born again and have fallen into sin, listen to this, your conscience tells you to get out of it and to get right with God. Does it not? Now, your spirit man is saying, here's what it's saying. When you get into sin, when you start to backslide as a Christian, you're immediately, if your conscience is telling you, Mm-mm, something ain't right, you should not be here. Don't do it. Your spirit man is saying this, listen. You have entered territory that is not connected to your citizenship in heaven. Listen to me. Have you ever heard it put that way before? I haven't either until the Holy Ghost showed me. Your spirit man is saying, you have entered territory, sin territory, the enemy's territory that's not connected or has anything in common with your citizenship in heaven, on earth as it is in heaven. You have wandered like a sheep outside of familiar surroundings. That's why you lack peace when you fall into sin as a Christian. Now, here's the danger of unrepentant sin. What does that mean, unrepentant? It means you just keep going in it. Just keep going. Just keep going. There's no stopping you. You're going in it, right? Here's the danger of unrepentant sin. The more you do it, the more it dulls your conscience and the voice of your born-again spirit. Your unrenewed mind shuts out the voice of your conscience now. Now, what was hard for you to do, it, it, it literally took a lot of effort to climb that, that moral, immoral trap. What caused you to really stop and think about it at first, that you finally gave into, the next time becomes easier to do that sin again. Your, the Bible says your conscience can get dull or, or seared. What does that mean? It means that when you first get up in the morning, you get a hot cup of coffee. The first drink, you're like, oh, that hurts. Oh, whoa. You keep doing it. Keep doing it, and it gets easier. It gets easier. It gets easier. That's why sin becomes so easy to backslidden Christians, because they keep keep on rolling. They're keeping rolling. And it's in, in that conscience that originally told you, stop, is now this. So what does God have to do then? He has to send a faithful ambassador to you and say, you need to stop this right now. Stop this foolishness right now. That's when he sends you to church with your parent or grandparent to Living Waters Chapel. And then Pastor James says, just stop it. Get right with God. Amen. So we're trying to get you back in tune. Like, boy, this guy's really going crazy up here. Sometimes I do things just for shock effect. I like it. That's the kind of preacher I am. Now, listen. The Word of God says that you can sear your conscience. Be very careful of that. Be very, very... Now, remember this. As you put God and His Word first, as you seek Him, you desire to please Him, desire to hear and to know His voice, you are keeping yourself. The Holy Spirit showed me this way. Ready? The Holy Spirit said, when you do that, you are keeping yourself within the green pastures of his sheep, as his sheep. You're keeping yourself within the green pastures 
You are allowing the Holy Spirit to shepherd you. Now, what does the word shepherd mean? I looked that up this morning. When I was looking over my notes, I'm like, I want to know the definition, the exact. Listen to this. The word shepherd means this, to guide or direct in a, part, in a uh, particular direction. To guide or direct in a particular direction. But here's the danger. Are you ready for this? You can go on a tour on vacation through a museum. You have a choice to break off from that tour. You have a choice to break away from that tour guide. So you willingly have to place yourself now. You willingly have to, hold on, I got to catch up. I got to catch up. Okay, I'm back in the group. I'm back in the green pastures now. You got to put yourself in a position to be led by the Holy Spirit. Are you following me? And as, and when you stay within those green pastures of his territory, what do I mean by green pastures? I'm talking about within the will of God for your life. That is where true peace and joy are found in your life. That is where your true provision is found in this life on this earth. And as you are reading the Word of God, as you're renewing your mind, you're filling your mind with God's thoughts. That's what the Bible is. It's filled with God's thoughts. So when you're reading the Bible, His thoughts are becoming your thoughts now. Are you following me? You are renewing your mind. You are filling it with, with His thoughts. You are transforming your mind to your, your, your mind, your soul, mind, will, and emotions. You're aligning it with your born-again spirit, man, to stay within the green pastures. Some of y'all are out in the desert. Come on, somebody. You know the reason it's green pastures? Because the water of the Holy Ghost is there. There's a satisfaction there. There's a peace there like no other. You are reforming your belief system on the inside of you. You better, believe, you better make sure that your belief system is in line with how God feels about things. Amen? You are allowing... Listen, when you're in the green pastures, I like this. You are allowing the higher frequency of heaven to overtake the lower frequency of the world, flesh, and the devil in your thought life. The voice of God, just a couple more uh, scriptures and I'm done. The voice of God is and will always be in line with the word of God. I already talked about that, right? His word will never contradict the word of God. Uh, His spoken word will never come against the word of God. The word of God is timeless. The Word of God is absolute. The voice of God will never contradict the written Word of God. The Holy Spirit will expound on truths from the Word of God. This is where some people, you know, they get, they don't even allow revelation from the Holy Spirit because they want to see chapter and verse for everything. Oh, Sunday school. You want to do Sunday school? Show me where Sunday school is in here. Are you following me? But the Holy Spirit's job is to expound on the Word of God. My point is this. The Holy Spirit, when He gives you a revelation, it's always going to be the basis, the foundation of it should be in line with the Bible. Are you following me? So expect more revelation and understanding, uh, uh, more information that the Holy Spirit wants to show you. All right? The voice of God will always follow holiness. Look at James 1.13. James 1.13 real quick. The voice of God will always follow holiness. He is holy. So therefore, when he leads you, it's going to be a holiness thing, right? Right. Now, listen to this. 
Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. Here it is. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. God will never use evil to tempt you. God will never lead you into anything evil. Amen? So you got to know that. God will never tempt you with evil. He will never lead you into sin. In fact, his voice, when he speaks, he's trying to lead you away from sin. He's trying to put you back on that green pasture. So if anyone, if, if anyone comes up to you and says, Thus saith the Lord, I want you to start a church that is approving of homosexuality and abortion. Or if a pastor wakes up one day and all of a sudden he gets this revelation that says, Everyone is saved. You don't even need Jesus. Everyone's going to heaven. That was not the voice of God. Because it contradicts the word. Are you following me? Am I clear? Are we all clear about that? The voice of God. The last one verse I want to share with you and I'm done. The voice of God will always bring glory to himself. Go to Habakkuk chapter 2. Habakkuk 2 verse 14. Habakkuk 2.14. Again, this is probably one of those books where you got to pick it up and you got to go. <laughs> right? To be able to see the words. <laughs> All right, great. Now, there's some good stuff all through the word. Genesis to Revelation. Amen? Now, listen to this. For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. So when God speaks, when his voice speaks, it's to reveal and bring knowledge of himself. It's to bring him glory. Amen? Not other people. The Holy Spirit's main function is to bring glory to the Lord Jesus Christ on this earth. And when he speaks, it'll always be within that boundary. Amen? So I want to encourage everyone in this place, everyone listening to me online right now, to draw close to God, pay attention, focus on Him, so you can live the more than abundant life that He's provided for you. So, people, I'm telling you, we must learn, we must discern the voice of God. Let's do that. Amen? Let's stand up in this place. Hallelujah. Now, maybe there's someone in here you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. What is the word today? The word today means this. The moment that you have a revelation that you are that sinner. That you are in need of Jesus Christ. Guess what? That's today. And if you've never made him Lord of your life, I want you to come forward. Prayer team, you can come forward. And make him Lord of your life today. Now, maybe you're one of those that you're in the backslidden mode. You're backslidden. Your conscience, yep, your spiritual ears are just deaf right now. You want to rededicate your life to the Lord. If that's you, I want you to come forward and rededicate your life to the Lord. Maybe you want to receive the Holy Spirit baptism. I highly recommend it. Do you need to be baptized in the Holy Ghost to go to heaven? No, but I highly recommend it. Because it says you will, you will be a powerful witness for the Lord Jesus Christ on this earth. Amen? So if you want to receive the Holy Spirit baptism, you can come forward. Um, if you need prayer for anything, come on forward. Here's what I want to do. Prayer team, come right over here to this side. If you guys could just kind of scoot down. Uh, Annette, come up here real quick. 
on that, uh, just for a, a few minutes, she wanted to just speak about something here. And I said I would. So if you need prayer, come on up to the side there. And Annette, just share for a few minutes. Go ahead. I don't know how many of you have seen the movie um, Sound of Sound of Freedom. I keep wanting to think Sound of Silence, but it's the Sound of Freedom. It's about um, trafficking and not just women and men, but children, especially children. I just have some statistics. Um, I had talked to the state police a couple of years ago. They did a seminar at uh, the library. And because of what Pastor has started and, and stood up for with the library, I just really felt like we needed to stand up for that too. And so I just want to tell you some statistics. Um, child traffic, traffic, trafficking is the fastest growing the fastest growing thing that people are doing nowadays to draw children into the sex trafficking world. It's, it's awful. The reason why is because you can sell a drug one time, but you can sell a child five times a day, a day, from the ages from six, and some of them have even been the ages of two, to 16 and it's playing in Vassar this uh, Friday, it starts. We've already seen it. We're going to go see it again because we believe in supporting it. There are different ways online. If you go to my Facebook page, I've posted things on where to get involved. I'm going to do a training on myself so that I can help. But I'm telling you, even um, Facebook says uh, 59, excuse me, on Facebook, 59% of the people that traffic children, 59% of their victims were recruited on Facebook. Be careful what you post on your kids and your grandkids or your friends. Don't put pictures of your kids that look so innocent and they're, maybe they have a shirt off and they're running through. Don't post that because what happens is they grab this, they take it and they use it and they seek them out. And even if they don't get your child, they will use those pictures and they will exploit your beautiful, beautiful children. Not just now, but once it's on Facebook, it never goes away. It's always there. 300,000 children in U.S. alone are sold. 300,000. Grand Rapids is one of the highest trafficked, trafficked areas because of the, the, the huge city, the airports, the um, highways, Detroit, Ann Arbor, Kalamazoo, Lansing, and Mackinac Island. Be careful what you're doing with your kids. I just, I, I have so many more statistics, but I want to give this back to Pastor. Please go yeah. see the movie starting this, this yeah, Friday. Keep an eye on your children when you're out and about. I'm telling you right now. Even even at Walmart, okay, people have posted. Um, and real quick, uh, the library board meeting is at the Tech Center at 5 o'clock tomorrow. Um, if you want to talk, you have something to say, show up. Amen. Um, and then Thursday, we, the county meetings at the Brentwood at 630. I'm a guest speaker there talking about this trash at the library. Um, also, July 30th at the picnic. Um, our service um, is going to be a little different that day. Okay, It's not going to be a normal service. Uh, we're obviously going to do some praise and worship. If anybody has a testimony they want to share, we're going to open the mic for that. Um, and if you want to do a special, do special music, see us about that. Um, and so that week, and it works out great because that week, um, 
Marianne and I are going to Tampa to Rodney Howard Brown's camp meeting uh, for from Monday to Friday. And so when we come back, we're just going to have a nice, easy service on Sunday and probably release a little early, maybe, depending on how many testimonies, to eat and have fun for that. So also, someone gave Michelin, they have four Michelin tires they want to give away for free. Is that right? All right, if you need four free tires, see. All right, what a blessing. I mean, is that for money or free? Whoa, okay, all right. It, yes. Oh, okay, real quick. Um, I don't know if any of you um, truly know my situation, but um, actually um, that what she talked about, about being trafficked is very close to home because um, I have a daughter that actually um, during her junior year of high school was actually drawn away by somebody that was older and he enticed her to like as a boyfriend, whatever. But anyways, he ended up getting her addicted to um, drugs almost immediately. And she was gone from my home at, um, she wasn't even 16 yet. So I just want to tell you, in fact, um, I don't know if any of you saw my little grandbaby running around because my daughter is actually um, still in addiction from that. And so it's very near and dear to my heart as well as far as um, there are children all over the whole United States. It is in our backyard. Even if we don't believe it, it's in our backyard. <laughs> and so we need to stand as people of God. And when we see something that looks not right or it feels not right in our spirit, we need to stand up and thank God that pastor is doing that here at the library. But we now all need to be doing it because it is part of our God-given right as believers that we stand up for the things that are right in this nation and stop bowing to this idolatry that is happening here. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Don't worry. We'll get out by four. Today. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to keep it going, but... But I wanted to explain that I am, I'm having an esteem workshop for young women this coming Saturday, and this topic will be addressed with these young women. So if you know any young women ages 11 to 18, this Saturday, July 15th here at Living Waters Chapel, I'm doing an esteem workshop, and we're going to address that for the young women and how to not get trafficked and what not to do. So I've always been on the side of, um, what's the word, um, prevention. So, um, I wanted to say that more because that's coming up this weekend and yeah. Anybody else too? (laughs) And I, I, I actually can witness to that because I have a granddaughter, um, who also was being pulled away through her phone. And, but the police got involved and it was caught. So she was on the verge of being drug away also. And now she makes sure that if anybody tries to say anything to her, she tells her dad, my son, right away, and he takes care of it. So it is in your backyard. Thank you. Thank you, everybody, for sharing that. Uh, You need prayer? Come on down. We'll stay as long as you want. The rest of you, get out of here. I love you. We'll see you next week. Powerful message.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.